Initiating startup sequence. You are now plugged in. Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in to episode 191 of the Plug and Play podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and alongside me, as always, is Tim. Welcome, minions. Good today, guys. Starting off the first half of Tasty Treats, we have Founders Brewing Company, All Day IPA Sessions Indian Pale Ale, 4.7 ABV, 42 IBUs, a beer rating of rate from ratebeer.com of 96, available year-round. It's the beer you've been waiting for, keeps your taste buds satisfied while keeping your senses sharp. An all-day IPA naturally brewed with a complex array of malts, grains, hops, balanced for optimal aromatic and uh, clean finish. The perfect reward for an honest day's work. And uh, I'd say we've done that today, Tim. So cheers. Cheers. What have you been up to, Tim? I don't know, but I could drink that all day. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. All-day IPA. Um, So I saw a play. So I did not know that Phantom the Opera had a sequel. I didn't know either. I thought it just ended with her, him like molesting her or something. I mean, kind of. He's a dick in this. Uh, okay, so it's called Lover Never Dies. It's ten years later. Um, He's had her kidnapped in the basement, BDSM style. No, he let her go to follow this other guy who turns out to be a total loser, but she has a son, and it's ten years later, and she's fallen into some hard times financially, and basically the Phantom tricks her into singing one last song. Singing one last song? Singing one last song. Okay. And, and the woman who played um, the character, whose name I'm forgetting right now, had an amazing voice. Nice. Like, the one song she did was, like, amazing. Like She it, only it sang was, one song the, the no, whole no, show? No, it's, it's no. It's sort of operatic style, so they're singing most of the time. Okay. Which made it hard to understand the parts, honestly. Yeah. Not always, just sometimes. Um, the cool thing, though, was that the Phantom was now in, a tra- like, a traveling circus. So there was, like... Cirque du Soleil type characters. Oh, that's cool. That was cool. I like that. The production was great. Nice. The set and the everything was awesome. Just the story I felt, I don't know. I, I didn't feel... The Phantom is, is kind of a sympathetic character in the first one. You feel like he's, he's got... Like he's gotten screwed over by his disfiguration. And he really loves this woman. You're like, I feel so bad for you. And then you realize, this time oh, you're just like he's a... He's manipulative, scheming. He's kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. What a dick. Kind of a dick. Um, I really want to make a snide comment about the title and spoiler, but I won't. Um, so on Mother's Day, he I w- dies. Spoiler alert! I'm not gonna respond. Okay. Um, on Mother's Day, I worked all day, so I I had my, my mom come up the day after. Nice. My brother came along and helped me out a lot because I started this putting together my son's scooter that we got. I didn't know you got him a scooter. Yeah. Um, I got to step two. What type of scooter? Like, uh, I can't remember the make right now. Like, is it like a push scooter? Yeah. It had brakes on it, though. Uh, rear and front brakes, and it has actual bicycle tires. Oh, I've had one of those before. That's awesome. The 12-inch 12, yeah. 12 bicycle tires. Um, but the uh, brake assembly, the brake line's not continuous. Like, at the middle of the, right below the handlebars. It oh, bra- yeah, it's so you can spin the handlebars. I know, but that hooking that assembly up is a bitch. Gotcha. That's where I quit. Yeah. Um, my brother was able to help me out because he's got a lot of experience. Not with that, with the bicycles. So he understands brake lines. and Nice. So he was invaluable. That's cool of him. Yeah, it was totally cool. And my son loves it. So that's, I don't know, more or less all I really went up to this week. Sweet. My um, son has a scooter. Sweet. 
Uh, this week we did a surprise birthday party for my wife. How'd that go? It was good. So we started off the day um, with taking her to a surprise massage, which while she was at the massage, I came back here and her best friend met me at the house. We loaded up the car with a uh, wagon and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, went and got her a birthday present for, uh, for her best friend to give to her and then uh, picked her up and surprised her with her best friend being there because she didn't know that was going to happen. And we all went out to lunch, and then at lunch, more people showed up, and then we all went to the zoo afterwards, um, walked around the zoo, um, and then we went out to dinner um, at uh, Warehouse 23. Cool. So, um, yeah, and then we came back home, we hung out, and stuff like that, and then on Mother's Day, we went swimming, so. Um, okay. We have friends with the underground heated pools, so. Nice. Yeah, so we just went swimming on Mother's Day. That's what we did. Um, I mean, that's pretty much been my week except for working and shit like that. So yeah, same here. I, it's been a pretty like boring week as in like talking wise. I've done a lot of shit. Just not, uh, nothing interesting. Same. Uh, other than playing a few games and yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, you ready to talk some news? Oh, I Wait. do want to mention one thing. I started watching something that I can't talk about too much cause you haven't. Oh yeah. I, what the hell's the name of it again? Uh, evil genius. That's right. Not, not the. It's a Dota team. Yeah, yeah, it's a Dota team. Um, but That's it's, evil it's, geniuses. But yeah, yeah, okay. So this is a Netflix series about the pizza bombing bank robbery case. Yeah, is was it good? I uh, I'm in. Sweet, I'll have uh, to watch I'm, it. I think I'm two episodes in, and the, is the whole series out? Yeah, uh, stay up to and watch it all night long. Ne- you probably will too. Um, but anyway, I just want to mention I watched that. I needed to get on and watch it so we can talk about it. So yeah, let's do some news. Sweet. <laughs> All right, Tim, what have we got in the news this week? Well, it seems like the last couple episodes, we were just finding news to piss off Q. And we're not making the news. It just happens. Yeah, the news is just out to get Q. I mean, he can't be happy about this one. Sony is going to stop making physical PS Vita games in <laughs> 2019. That's awesome. On this news article from Engadget, the subtitle under the main title is, The PS Vita is now much closer to its death. Nice. Um, they'll keep selling digital Vita games on the PlayStation Network. But the pricey proprietary memory cards, uh, one of the reasons why Vita never became as popular in the West as it is in Japan, could ultimately cause even loyal gamers to drop the system. Um, back in 2015, Sony Worldwide Studios president Shuhai Yoshida said the company doesn't see a market for a Vita sequel. It's hard to imagine the tech giant changing its mind since then. In addition to ending the production of physical Vita games in March, Sony will also stop including PS3 and Vita titles to the list of free PlayStation Plus games that month. So in less than a year, Vita games can only either buy digital games or import releases from Asia. So I think everybody's realized that that the type... Vita, the Vita's dead. That type of gaming has moved to the Switch. And this yep. is pretty much the doctor calling it, you know, time of death. Yep. So... January 1st, 2019 at uh, 12.01 a.m. Yeah. So, uh... Speaking of video game systems. Yeah. You want to meet the wonder? I, I, I don't know. Do I? I? I mean, probably not, but... So tell me about the wonder. All right, guys. So the wonder is an Android-powered Nintendo Switch competitor. Go on. Um, it's going to be coming out... Um, I actually don't know when it's coming out. I don't see that in this article from techradar.com. Um, it's going to be mixing the best of both worlds' smartphone experience with a home console. 
So kind of like the Switch, um, what you're going to be doing upon release, Wonder is going to, is going to look to sell hardware package alongside a subscription service. It consists of a smartphone that can make calls, run apps, and do other phony things um, that you're used to, but uniquely will slide into a dock reminiscent of the Nintendo Switch um, to hook up to a TV and overclock the phone's GPU for enhanced gaming performance. Included in the offering will be a controller that the phone can be docked onto for portable gaming, uh, a la Nintendo Switch. As for what you'll be able to do with the Wonder hardware, it apparently plans to refine a range of content such as original games from existing game makers, licensed and mobile-optimized op- third-party titles, streaming game and media options, and other entertainment hub-like features. Um, so, Yeah. So this would be like when a family can't afford to switch, this is what you get for Christmas? Yeah, you'd be like, I've wanted to to switch my whole entire life. The wonder. Fuck, Mom. (laughs) You couldn't even fucking get this right. Uh, Yeah, I I wonder if it'll be any good. I mean. I wonder if it's next to Ouya. It's definitely going to be like possibly the next Ouya. Well, um, I've got happier. Although if they were able to use pre-existing... Cell phones, like we could use their dock on our Pixel Two. I'm guessing the dock only works for whatever this is. Well, if they could figure out that out, that might be a way for me to get the dock system. Yeah, I mean, I could play my Harry Potter game on the big screen. Oh my God, you and your Harry Potter game? Is your wand full? Probably. Jeez, guys, I need to spew my wand all over the place. Hold on. We already did this. All right, net neutrality. I still stand by. Potterges as a beer would sell buttloads. No. No, it would not. It would sell... It would sell about as much as that other disgusting beer that hopefully we'll never get samples of. So... you talking about the vagina Russian beer? Yes, I'm talking about the vagina Russian beer that gotcha. I hope we never get. I don't think the FDA will ever approve it. For no! Import. Well, I mean, they are deregulating everything under this administration. Well, shit, Tim, we're going to get some vagina beer from Russia. So speaking of this, reg- this it's actually administration, beer. Um, Democrats forced, forced a vote in the Senate to reinstate net neutrality, and surprisingly, it passed. In a 52 to 47 vote today, senators voted to overturn the Federal Communications Restoring Internet Freedom Order, which took net neutrality rules off the books. They were able to do so using the Congressional Review Act, or CRA, which allows Congress to reverse recent decisions by government agencies. Republican-controlled Congress means that such a measure wouldn't normally even make it for a vote, but the CRA allows senators to force a vote by obtaining 30 signatures. All 49 Democrats voted in favor, as well as Republican Senators Susan Collin of Maine, John Kennedy of Louisiana, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Um, while advocates have argued this is a step towards reinstating net neutrality, it's really a long-shot attempt to be seems to be meant more to get the issue back on voters' minds and to force politicians to take a position ahead of what's expected to be a tumultuous midterm election. So it still has to go to the House, and the House is kind of crazy, um, especially um, it doesn't. It would need a support of twenty-two Republicans to pass the House, hmm. and then it could still be vetoed by the president by Mister Cheeto himself. So it's still an uphill battle, but it, it was sort of surprising that it even got this far. So last gasp of net neutrality and also a way to say, fuck this guy. Who the fuck's that guy? That's, oh, that's that one dude, right? From yeah, like Comcast or whatever? Yeah, he worked there and now he's the F- FCC chairman and he thinks he's really funny with his giant Reese's Pieces coffee cup. Gotcha. And he's a tool and he can suck my dick. 
All right. Are you going to let a dude suck your dick? No. That's fucking... All right. Let's move on. Hey, Tim. my ass. What? Tim. Yeah. Um, so there's this thing yeah, it's going kind of, around. It is. It started on, I think, Reddit. And I've never heard of it. I heard about this this morning, I should say. So what word do you hear right now? Put it in the middle. Huh? Click the link. Okay, it's right in the middle. Yeah. Okay, everybody listening, what word do you hear right now? Laurel. Laurel. What do you hear? Yanny. Laurel. You hear Yanny? Laurel. I hear Laurel. What? Laurel. Laurel. If you do the slider, do you hear Laurel now? No. All the way to the right? Or the left, I mean? Laurel. Laurel. I hear it now. Laurel. Okay, slide it slowly. Laurel. 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 Now I hear Yanny. I still hear Laurel. Keep going. I hear Yanny now. That's 100% on the Yanny side. So, how this works is there's different... What the fuck is this? If you scroll down, there's a technical explanation. Basically, there's there's low frequency and high frequency. And whoever made the sound clip has put equal emphasis on low frequency and high frequency. So, depending on how you hear sounds and... Your, your My brain, ears are bleeding. Well, no, how your brain like um, emphasizes sounds it hears. Like I emphasize things on a low register more. You register things on a high register more, which would make sense based on your voice. Yep. Um, my daughter cannot hear Laurel until you slide it all the way. Really? My son, I I didn't tell him anything about it. I'm just like, what do you hear? And I put it right in the middle, and he said, I hear Laurel. Hmm. So everyone's hearing something different in the That's middle weird. in the middle range. It's so weird. It is weird. It's uh, this year's uh, blue dress, gold dress. Oh, dear God. Here we go again. Don't do the whole thing. No, I'm not going to do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I just right. meant here we go again with another stupid everybody arguing about what the fuck it is. Yeah. All right. You ready to... Uh... Well, for the record. Oh, Jesus. It is Laurel. It's from the like where you look up a word and someone says it for you. But someone manipulated it and boosted the high range. Huh. Weird. Yeah. All right. You ready to uh, talk some tech? Let's talk some tech. What are we talking about? We are talking about the Ocelot, Ocelot Arcade System. We're going to be the, talking the about the Ocelot Arcade System. Okay. So we've already talked about this Ouya sequel, The yep, Wonder. Yep, we've yep. talked about the Vita going away. Yeah. Later, one of our Kickstarters, we'll talk about yet another, not okay. exactly console, but a gaming system. Okay. This is a do-it-yourself crazy console. It looks like something from Fallout. I, I'm looking at it as well. So it looks fucking epic if it, this had like HD graphics. It well, it's that's the whole point is that it doesn't. No, fuck you, Tim. It's supposed to have like, No, no, no. Like this should be like your shelf for my computer case with all the shit like doing nothing. But then you just plug in my motherboard, my graphics card. And let's play some fucking Fallout on this Fallout rig. So the the main component of it is an oscilloscope, which is an electronic test instrument that can measure voltages and displaying on a CRT screen. Um, these devices are traditionally used for things like diagnosing malfunctioning equipment. Um, they're the basis for uh, EKG machines or ECG machines okay. that measure heart rate. Um, but you can adapt it for anything where electric current is involved. So this guy, um, 
see what is his name his last name is Carr. i can't find his first name decided to um make it play video games so he's got this box that sits on top of oscilloscope and okay. by manipulating current he displays graphics on the, the the screen of this oscilloscope he's got a game called starlinks which is a scheduled version of Star Fox. And um, Matt Steroids, I guess his first name is you Matt, um, his recreation of Asteroids. They both look like old-fashioned radar screens haunted by retro ghosts, but run surprisingly smooth due to the high refresh rate of the vector graphics. So here's his Star Fox game. It's pretty fucking cool. It reminds me of... It reminds me a lot of Star Fox 64, almost. Also, that old uh, Star Wars arcade oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks really sharp. Like the, yeah. The graphics are very simple, but the lines are really clean and smooth. Um, here's Carr explaining in, in his own words. When a frame is started, games are able to send requests to draw lines or characters to the oscilloscope screen. These are simplified and stored in a buffer of instructions to move the cursor within a virtual 2D plane. A DMA-triggered interrupter handler repeatedly reads instructions from this buffer and translates them to DAC-compatible SPI instructions to alter the voltages at the XY ports, which are then bred by the oscilloscope to produce the graphics. Holy cow. It's insane. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, sounds and music come from the electrical currents passed through an amplifier, which are stored and played back as part of Ocelot's programming. Um, he's made the Ocelot arcade machine compatible with a handful of old controllers, uh, which, including a Mika joystick, a Atari joystick, or a Master System um, gamepad. It's an absurd, one-of-a-kind. Um, he has published the guide if you want to build the device, which, if you build this device, it pretty much sets piggyback on top of a oscilloscope. Um, so you can find an old oscilloscope and solder this thing together. It's just cool looking. Um, I think we need to put a picture of this on our Instagram account. All right. Uh, just so people can see. It, it really looks like some device you'd stumble across in, in Fallout. There's like yeah. wires coming out of everywhere, like an old LED green screen. Thing. Yeah. It looks kind of like a, like, like a first model Pip-Boy that was just like too big to put on your wrist. And they're like, yeah. fuck it, here it goes. Yeah, exactly. So I just thought that was really cool, um, and that's what I wanted to feature for this week's Tech Talk. Sweet. Sounds good, guys. Um, well, we'll be right back after this music break um, with a new tasty treat in hand. It's going to get PG. And we are back. Tasty Treats in hand. Um, second half Tasty Treats are to, brought to us by Riverbend Brewing Company. It's an IPA New England style. Life's a peach, then you die. Um, 65 IBUs, 7% ABV. It's got a 3.9 rating on untapped. Out of 1,412 ratings, it was added on 520. That's all I really know about this thing. Right. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. Life's a peach. I just spilled it. Life's a bitch is what you're to say. I mean, it's very peachy. I, I made a mistake about a four-pack of this shit. <laughs> That's why you poured two of these. Yep. So, you got one more? Yep. Not too excited about that one. Well, I mean, I tried yep. to get a different peach brew, but... 
Yeah, you did. That didn't work out. No, it did not. Should we move on to kicking it? <sighs> yeah, let's kick it. Tim? Yes. Let's kick it off. All right. So, one of my other favorite tasty treats is coffee. I love coffee. And what we got here is some cold brew on tap. This That's is like a- the Dark Lord's jizz on tap. Again with this. Yeah. So, I'm sensing a theme here. No, you're making The sense it. is strong with this one. I'm going to, like, Patrona your ass or something. Oh, shit. I, get, I, I need to, like, push this force back into your wand. Um, My wand's about ready to explode, Tim, so what do we got? Cold brew what? Cold brew on tap 2.0. Apparently, this is the second version of the system. Okay. I'll let them talk about it. No, you won't, apparently. Oh, here they are. Cold brew is known for how smooth it is, how rich the flavor is. You really get to experience the bean you're using. And it makes that first sip then in the morning, it just a flavor explosion is so smooth. Just that flavor really explosion in your mouth. Coffee. Making homemade cold brew has a lot of advantages over buying it out at a coffee shop or buying it in a can, or you can even buy cold brew concentrate. But um, those things are really full of a lot of additives and chemicals to make them shelf stable. So we decided to come up with our own concept of a cold brew maker that looked good, that fit in your fridge, that could serve cold brew straight from the fridge, and that made enough cold brew to get two people through an entire work week. The Cold Brew on Tap's proprietary design has some really great features to it. One of them is the custom glass jar is made to be compact enough to fit in your fridge, but also large enough to hold more than a week's worth of cold brew. And the filter is actually custom built to hold enough coffee to make the necessary uh, cold brew, but also we shaped it down so that it wouldn't affect the flow rate of the spigot inside. In addition, the lid as well is uh, very high quality stainless steel, makes it airtight sealing, just a very overall sturdy, uh, but aesthetically pleasing design. So when you back our campaign, you get the Colbera on tap two, which is our new innovative design. And then you also get an awesome ebook that covers tons of different ways you can use cold brew. So it just makes cold brew a really fun, uh, interactive drink that you can incorporate into your life in more ways than you probably even knew you could. Most people don't know this, but the coffee you use to make cold brew should actually be different from the coffee you use for hot coffee. So we've worked with a micro roaster to create a special batch just for cold brew, for a cold brew on tap. So that's one option you can get when you back us and I really think you'll like it. It's literally the best cup of coffee we've ever had. If you haven't tried cold brew yet, you have to, you're gonna love it. And if you have, you already know it's the best thing ever. Making homemade cold brew is always gonna give you a really smooth, less bitter cup of coffee, which is one of the reasons we like it so much and why we like having it on hand um, seven days a week. It's pretty fucking cool, Tim. Yeah. Tell me about this cold brew 2.0, bro. So, um, they are looking for $10,000. They have 23 days to go. They have 1,469 backers. They have $67,970. They are fucking backed. They are six times overbacked. Um, almost seven times overbacked. Yeah, they will be by the time it's over. Um, so I actually backed this. I nice. got in at the super dur- super duper early bird price. Uh, re- it's going to retail for eighty nine dollars. I got in for thirty nine. Um, that gets me the ebook and the basically the jar, whatever you want to call it, with the spigot and the filter. So I'm excited to try this. It's supposed to come uh, fall this year. Um, so 
I will make room either in my fridge upstairs or downstairs for this and have cold brew whenever I want it. It's going to make my local barista sad, though, because I won't be showing up for cold brew because I'll be making my own. I'll have to find a, a local bean. I don't think I'm going to get the bean from them. I don't think so. Anyway, moving up to their top tier, the Power Brewer. $229. Snatch five of these cold brew on taps for a huge discount. Uh, it says it's going to retail for $495, so you save just about 50%, and that's, a, like I said, five of the cold brew on tap 2.0s and five of the recipe books. So Sweet. That's my first kick it. What do you got? So I can't remember if this one has audio or not to it. I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah, so it's Steamboat Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. Um, explore, fight, and correct chroma-crazed creatures while sailing the sea in an epic RPG adventure inspired by Zelda, Pokemon, and Cuphead. So, here we go. That's good that they acknowledge Cuphead. Yep. All our dreams can come true. Steamboat Billy. Just turned black and white. It's got that old-timey cartoon look. Yeah, it's got the old Disney look to it. I don't think they're going to talk. We might be fucked. So, he woke up. He's determined. He's, he's pissed off. He's going back. Jumped in his boat. The boat's got eyes now like uh, Thomas the Train. There's a guy with a life vest on. Scary sea monsters. Oh, we got a whole hell of a lot more to go. If they don't start talking, this is gonna be bad. Explore a dark realm. So it's All like right. you're the it's like you're the boat though, not filled with treasure and mystery. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cut out of this. Um So it's got the old timey cartoon look like it Cuphead. Does. It looks like it's got more play styles than just the side scrolling. It really does. It looks like almost kinda like a like a uh don't starve feel to it. Like an overland thing, yeah. Yeah. So um Maybe the campaign part talks about the gameplay. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was going to go to is, you know, they're going to be at PAX 2018, so I'm looking to check that out. Okay. Um, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker meets Pokemon. It's a single-player adventure RPG set in a classic Disney-like universe in which you must defeat and capture strange monsters while sailing the dark seas in order to rebuild and bring color back to the world you once knew. Once every millennia, the great Leviathan emerges from the ocean's depths to curse the world into monochromatic chaos. By exploring land, sea, collecting treasures and creatures along your way, you will need to combat the Leviathan's cronies and rebuild city, uh, rebuild the city of Star Harbor in order to restore the color to the world. Um, many people that are fans of America's cartoons in the 1930s, Steamboat, Billy's art style is very much a homage to that era. Um, so they actually have like a sketch of Billy all the way up. It's very awesome. It's going to come in seven languages. It's going to release on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Um, key features are explore mysterious land, uh, defeat chroma crazed bosses, a clever mixture of adventure and role playing gameplay, exp- uh, find and collect hundreds of unique items and creatures. Fight by using good strategy and execution, and art art style that mixes classic cartoons with new effects. So, guys, they're looking for fifty thousand or fifty thousand eight dollars. They're currently at ten thousand six hundred ninety-eight U.S. dollars. They have three hundred fifty-four backers. Twenty-eight days to go. So, this is a brand new one out of coming out of Montreal, Canada. Um, Twenty. 
Canadian dollars, which is 16 US, gets you the Sailor Pack. You're ready to set sail. Um, digital copy for PS4, PC, Xbox One, or Nintendo Switch. Okay, cool. Um, jumping all the way down to the granddaddy of them all, the Ass Kisser. No, I'm just kidding. The Leviathan Package. You oh, are the geez. only one and Leviathan. Your swiftness and vast strength can create the smallest waves uh, to the largest tsunamis. That is 3912 US dollars. In addition to all previous rewards, you'll be named as a Leviathan in the credits, and we'll pay for your flight and accommodations to join us in Montreal, Canada for the exclusive Steamboat Billy weekend launch. Join us to part my... Oh, my wand is full! Join us to party, play games, and meet a bunch of developers from the big and small studios across Montreal. Must be 18+, plus because it's gonna get fucking weird. Right. See, yeah, I'm not going to go over everything you get in that package, but it's de- uh, it's aimed at being delivered in September of 19. Okay. So, um, Tim, what's your second one, buddy? We'll have to check that out at PAX. Yeah. Um, so, this is a, a throwback. I told you we have one more, like, kind of co- home console. This is yeah. exactly a console. Like, I remember these when I was ye- pretty young. I don't remember what age exactly. If you say when you were my age, I'm going to kick your ass. No, no. Younger than that. Like a kid, basically. So this is like old enough to probably be in a Sears catalog back when that was still a thing. (laughs) Like it was like one of the presents that kids would beg for. It was basically like, hey, mom, I know we're poor as fuck and we can't afford the Nintendo, but can we get this? Exactly. So it's like a tabletop arcade. It was a really tough, durable, like arcade cabinet. I don't know, like the size of it. It was like a home arcade cabinet yeah like a cereal box size yeah um, but in an arcade cabinet shape really tough material um i think donkey kong and pac-man were the two i remember um the clique they have like a tetris maybe Maybe possibly could have been a different company though gotcha so this kickstarter is for coleco evolved mini arcades and they're bringing out some new ones sweet i'm gonna let them go and talk about it coleco is excited to announce the evolution of our classic tabletop arcade machine this is Coleco Evolved. 35 years after we made history, we're doing it again with two all-new titles, Rainbow Bright, The Journey to Rainbow Land, and Robotech, The Macross Saga. These new mini tabletop arcade machines preserve the classic shape and heavy-duty plastic shell construction you remember from the 80s. We've yeah, updated the Coleco was. Mini's control panel and done away with a low-resolution calculator screen in favor of a full-color LCD display. That looks pretty good. Also yeah, gone really are the good. 4C batteries in favor of a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Under the hood, our new games come to life with a powerful new gaming chipset. System upgrades are just the beginning. The games have evolved too. First up, join Rainbow Bright and her pal Starlight as they spread color and happiness in this RPG classic in the making, Journey to Rainbow Land. Players take on Murky and Lurky, the enemies of Rainbow Land, who want to make the world just as murky and dismal as they are. Rainbow Bright is a classic RPG for gamers of all ages. Next, hop into your Valkyrie and defend the Earth from alien invasion. This is the one that's already sold out on the early bird. Oh, really? Fighter, Guardian, and Battleoid modes as you take on the hordes in this classic side I don't think they ever originally made these two into the perfect genre for this updated retro platform. Hey guys, I'm Tina with Coleco. For years, we've heard your requests. So, to bring back what the fuck has Coleco been doing? <laughs> What's that? And the what the fuck has Coleco been doing? I don't know. Kind of like Atari. We invite you to join I have the no revolution idea. and experience Coleco Evolved. 
So if you have like fond memories of these things from back in the 80s, this is a pretty cool thing. And I'm pretty sure that there hasn't been a version of the Rainbow Bright or the uh, uh, Robotech thing. So that's cool. Um, I bet there's certain people that are really excited about this. Yeah, I bet. And totally perfect for the Kickstarter platform because I don't see this as a mass market type thing at all. Um, anyway, they were looking for $30,000. They have 21 days to go with 60, 675 backers. They're at $67,349. Um, they, were, they were fully backed in 24 hours. Damn. Um, there are 126 left of the early bird uh, evolved rainbow bright, Zach, which I know you want. Um, that's How much is that? It's going to retail for 69 It's 45 bucks. <clears throat> okay. It's not bad. Um, if I had a daughter, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into gender stereotypes with nah, you right now. that's true. Um, rainbow Vite. Rainbow Bright, sorry, the normal uh, Kickstarter level is $55 instead of retail 69 And then the uh, early bird for the Robotech, like I said, is all gone. And you can get that for 55 as well. You can get the two-pack. Unfortunately, the early bird for the two-pack at 85 <laughs> is gone. But you can get the two-pack, which is both arcade, the Rainbow Robotech and Rainbow Bright, for 105 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, going to the top tier. Which is already gone. It is. Limited edition two-pack. Will not be available retail. It's both limited edition Coleco Evolved Mini Arcades um, shot in a metallic color. So like gold plated. That's cool. Not gold plated, but you know what I mean. Yeah, gold. Like a special color that you you won't be able to buy in store. That's cool. So yeah, that's a Coleco um, Evolved. Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. Coleco Evolved Mini Arcades. Sweet. What's your last one? Uh, Decash Dynamite Size Storage Container. So. um, Is that like a D-stash? D-stash. So I'm not positive if they're actually in talk or not, but we're going to check this out. Damn it, Zach. Sorry, I had no time today. What, what exactly, exactly is the cache? cache? Oh, is, this, is this geocaching? No, it's not. So um, let me back out and back back into it. So Dynamite Cache is a rugged, waterproof, creative way to store your stuff. So it looks like a stick of dynamite, guys. You've all seen the typical storage cache before. The small aluminum capsules that fit your keychain or possibly your uh, gear bag or uh, or bleh, or capsules that will fit in so your wait, keychain. This is like something that you hide somewhere that looks like a stick of dynamite. It's going to get you reported to the ATF. So the awesome part about this is is that the actual like fuse, quote unquote fuse, uh-huh. they have different colors. So you can like have a shitload of these that different colors... Just laying around, but see, like, look, you can put all your shit in it, Tim. Like, I'm thinking about bringing. Like the, one th- like I'm the, bringing this to PAX, Tim. This looks like the prepper caches from uh, Far Cry Five. It does. So, okay. but like, look, like band aids and shit like that. You can have different, like, small tubes. Like, you could bury like your supplies in these, like, if you're a prepper, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, fire starting materials, fish hooks in line, whistle, topography maps, dry goods, spices, glow sticks, lip balm. Compressed towel tablets, exacto blades, needles, threads, uh, tin foil, wire saw, candle. Got that tin foil keeps yeah. the government raise out of your head. Exactly. Um, so the material is sixty sixty one T six aircraft grade aluminum. Okay. Two type red uh, anodized. Uh, varies depending on the bottom cap selection. Apparently, the weight. Um, Storage capacity is 98.7 cc or 6 cubic inches. Uh, neutral rubble... So o- could I just fill it with vodka and, and bury it? I mean, you could. 
uh, nitrile rubber O-rings on each end cap to provide a watertight seal. Multi-pack rewards include a set of multiple colors fuses to identify contents of each package. So see, they have like a silver, a green, a black, a yellow, a red, a white, a purple, an orange, a black, a gold, a blue, and a white. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something fucking funny and sh- funny as shit and kind of cool. You gonna bury these all around your yard? Possibly. All right. I might actually leave the fuses just sticking out of the ground, so it looks like a piece of dynamite. Then you'll mow them. No, I'll put them on the wall. Okay. Um, so they are looking for four thousand US dollars. They currently have seven thousand four hundred fifty nine, hundred forty nine backers. Twenty two days ago, so this is fully funded, guys. Uh, the super early bird was seventeen US dollars. The decash one pack is nineteen US dollars. Main body with fuse top cap, silver colored fuse, bottom cap of your choice of a feature. So there are different types of bottom caps. I should talk about that really quick, um, since they don't have a video. What's the bottom cap? So the bottom cap is like for the bottom of the dynamite stick. Sure, sure. But what's what's different about them? I am getting to that. Hold on one second. Because uh, it's not the fuse part. It's the other part. Yep, it's the other part. Um, Where do they talk about the bottom cap? Don't know about that cap. About that cap. No, Jeremy. Um... Basic cap storage. Okay. Each decap includes a common threaded top cap that contains an interchangeable fuse. This cap has also an, inter- an internal 24 millimeter uh, deep bore for additional space inside the tube. Um, threaded cap. Where the fuck's the bottom cap? Magnetic cap. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So either you guys can choose the magnetic cap or just the straight up threaded cap. So it's a little extra for the magnet. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's all the difference. Oh, magnetic cap or compass cap. Sorry. So you have a compass on one side or a magnet on one totally side. totally prepper shit. Yeah. So it's totally prepper shit. Um, big granddaddy of them all. We all need it. The six pack. $114. Um, and there's only one backer at that level. And they're going to be out September 2018. I mean, that'd be kind of cool to, like, bury, like, rolls of cash in. That'd be kind of cool. You could cash your cash. Or condoms for the future. Would you trust a, a condom to be buried in the ground for, like, five years? I mean, if there's no other condoms in the world, Tim, it's probably a good chance. Hmm. I mean, what? you don't want to have babies screaming and crying when you're trying to hide from people trying to kill you. No, especially if you're in a, a, a quiet place scenario. Exactly. All right, let's uh, let's go to games we've been playing. All right, sounds good, Tim. Um, you don't have anything written down. I played Magic. You played that stupid Harry Potter game, didn't you? I mean, actually, not that much this week. That's why your wand's full. That's why my wand is full. Do you, do you have blue wand? I got blue double wand. Um, I did play a bit of Bomberman before uh, the podcast with you. Yeah. And I played some Magic. That's it. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing God of War, and I'm definitely in the territory where I don't know what I can really say about it without being spoilery. Gotcha. Um, I, I will say that there was a really cool like set piece I just went through that involved the body of a dead giant. That was pretty cool. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say who, but just the way they did Zeus. It was definitely Zeus. They, they, you, I just can't even talk about it. It's just, it was cool. 
I hate. I'm really. I'm seriously at the part where I really can't talk about. It. I'm still enjoying God of War though. Um, I'm not getting a lot of time to play, which is why I'm kind of crawling in it. But I am progressing. Okay. Um, played a game from Tiny Build called Garage. Um, that's a really gritty looking game. It's not the same play style, but it reminds me as far as the grittiness of like Hotline Miami. Just like there's blood and guts, and it's kind of grimy feeling. Okay. Um, it's more of like a zombie scenario. Basically, like a pharmaceutical company gone mad, a la Resident Evil, but it's more basic graphics and there's more combat. It also sort of reminds me in a weird way of Final Station, which is another tiny, yeah, another ti- tiny build game. Um, doo, doo. I, I don't think it's. That's... I won a fucking sheep, and then the goddamn Trinidad people took it. We're talking about Final Station. Mary had the bull that was so. Oh, okay, okay. And then okay. I fucking yeah. Then I yeah yeah. Um, so. I've I've gotten I think four or five chapters deep in that I haven't played I I, st- I played it for a good uh, period and then I kind of put it down. What I have been playing more of is the next game, uh, Wizard of Legend. I would describe it as a roguelike dungeon crawler. I guess um, it gets into the the main meat of the game. I'm really. a good fucking ghost. You are. Um, it's one or two player. I let you try it out. Yep. Um, it I think it's easier with two player, um, but I've I've noticed that. I'm always the one that stays alive longer. Maybe if you played it more, you would keep keep up with I'm me sure a little more. I'm sure I probably would. But my son, I've been playing with my son, and um, he dies quick too. So what's what's cool about this is you unlock uh, all these different spells. There's different elements you know, like earth, wind, wind and fire, fire and electricity, whatever, lightning. Yeah. And um, earth, the, wind, fire. The four buttons correspond to different types of moves like one is a dash Captain Planet, like with the ice dash um you leave like a ghost of yourself behind like a ice statue that's kind of cool. or the flame one is my favorite you just leave a trail of fire behind you um and once that's used up it's there's a cooldown period but you can keep dashing you just don't get the fire effect um then there's a melee attack and so far i've only got the wind and the earth the earth is a giant fist which is pretty awesome that's pretty cool uh, the wind is just like a little, a little um, like a slice basically, and then there's a main attack, and then a, like a to call it a signature attack, it's like a super powerful attack. Um, so you collect all these spells um, by buying them with crystals in the dungeons themselves. You can um, you earn coins, but those coins only use in the dungeons. When you die, you lose them. Um, I don't feel like I'm describing this game very well. It's uh kind of a pixelated art style uh moves very f- uh, what would you how would you describe that not a bit no i don't know that's like 32 bit almost yeah it looks pretty good it moves very fast like there's yeah no, there's no clipping or no there's no slow down so i like that it kind of reminds me of like a. that's good this is gonna be like an insult to it but this is it kind of reminds me of like pokemon dungeon mat like pokemon dungeon something it was like where you played as a pokemon mm-hmm. and you had a, oh pokemon dungeon rescue team Okay. And like, it was same kind of style. Like the map was just like randomly generated, mm-hmm. and you go down. And you have to like clear all the rooms and try to find stuff. Yeah. So you go on these runs, and at the end of every dungeon, there's a little mini boss, and then after every third dungeon or so, there's a, a major boss that corresponds to one of the elements. And you just go on runs and try to go as far as you can. You go back to the main town area. You buy new spells with the crystals you've collected. Um, but you can do a run like in, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. So you can get a little play session in really fast. And like what I was saying with the slowdown, that's important because like 
you can be firing off like three spells at once and there'll be like four enemies also firing spells at you. Yeah. So there's lots of shit flying around the screen. Just everywhere. And the fact that there's no tearing or slowdown is, is pretty... I should also mention this is made by a two-person team. Like two dudes. That's amazing. So as far as a technical achievement, it's really good. I, I am running into the same thing that I don't like about roguelike games where you don't seem like you're getting progression. Like you do get to buy these new spells... Um, you keep them, but it takes a long time to earn those crystals. And if you earn uh, a spell within a dungeon with the coins, you don't get to keep those spells. That so that sucks. There's no checkpoints. So if you get like to the second dungeon, but not the third where the big boss is, you have to start all over at the first dungeon again. There's no, so it's very much that roguelike element that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but I think it's done pretty well and I'm going to keep playing a little bit. So. That's what I'm playing. That's no, a, you know what that Earth Wind Fire makes me think of? Oh God, yes, I do. What's that? What's that? What was it? We think of Tim. Makes you think of uh, that stupid song. The the Indian song? Yeah, it's not stupid. Yes, it is. But that's not the song I was thinking of. All right. Fire. Oh. Wind, water, heart. Captain Planet. I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet. All right, we're gonna back out out of this one. So anyway, that game is Wizard of Legend. Um, it's out on PlayStation Four, PC. I don't know about Xbox One. I think it is, and Switch. Yeah, it's on Xbox One. Sweet. Um, you were talking about some uh, game releases. Yeah, let's do some game releases. All right, guys. So we have Oversight coming to PS4 and PC. The House in Fata Morgana, Guarante- a Requiem. Guarantee this is a Japanese uh, game. For Innocence, PC. Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles, Nintendo Switch. I believe you guys can check that out at thebunsmasters.com. The Banner Saga, Nintendo Switch. Fox and Forest, PS4. White Knight, Nintendo Switch. Johnny Turbo's Arcade Super Burger Time, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Ice Cream Surfer, you guessed it, Nintendo Switch. Framed Collection, PC, Nintendo Switch. Block a Pix Color, 3DS, E? Just 3DS. Okay. Uh, Fair Rune Collection, Nintendo Switch. Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, Nintendo Switch. Little Nightmares Complete Edition, Nintendo Switch. Hey, Zach. What's up? You gonna get that, that Zelda game? No, I'm not. No. No Hyrule Warriors? No. It takes place in Hyrule, not in Zelda terms. Uh, State of Decay 2, um, Xbox One and PC, Mega Man Legacy Collection, Nintendo Switch, Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, Nintendo Switch, Runner 3, Nintendo Switch and PC, Steam Dig World 2, Nintendo Switch, PS4, State of Decay 2, Xbox One, State of Decay 2, Microsoft Store, PC, what the fuck? Hey, there's a beta release. (coughs) Stardew Valley, PlayStation Vita. Probably not a physical release. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Gargoa, PS4. Hey, uh, Runner 3. It's got uh, a character in it that's kind of different. It's got the voice actor from Mario as a playable character. What? Yeah. I that's can't re- weird I can't, remember his, I can't remember his name offhand, but I thought that was funny. I Yeah. I actually just watched a thing on him a few days ago. So He's a funny guy. That, yeah, he's a very funny guy. Oh, um, he's, he's, he's officially in a video game now. Nice. Cool. Um, well guys that's been it for this week so don't forget to uh, check us at facebook.com forward slash plug and play show twitter and instagram at 
Plug and play cast. YouTube.com forward slash. I already said that one. Shit. <laughs> go there twice. Yeah, go there twice. Facebook.com forward slash plug and play show. And don't forget to prime and shine. Fuck Nazis. In the face. Do it twice. Got the show. <laughs>